sleepy. I am. A dopey. Crunchy. What's Sne- the sneezy? <laughs> Wait, Crunchy's not a dwarf. <laughs> You're right, Doc. You're also wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Crunchy could be a dwarf. He's he's the eighth dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one they keep in the basement. Uh huh. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Or the next episode is free. I'm Kyle Bolin. And I'm Jason Cavallari. That sounded but, like it took a lot of effort for you to well, say. <laughs> who we really are. I'm Captain Hook. Oh, and who was I? I was the Evil Queen. The Evil Queen. That is the most generic name ever. Uh, today we are talking <laughs> about Disney Villainous. This is a game that came out in 2018. I think it kind of released around the time of Gen Con last year. I feel like I saw it in yeah. a Target store like immediately afterwards. Uh, and it is designed by Prospero Hall. Uh, there is no artist credited on Board Game Geek. It says NA. Um, oh. Maybe because they just repurpose a lot of Disney art? Probably. So, uh, art by Disney. <laughs> and it is published by Ravensburger. We'll say Ravensburger. Uh, Wonder Forge, I think, was also involved. And then it, it has a Spielverlag GmbH. GmbH. So, yeah, then there's no uh, there's no vowels in that. I'm not right. pronouncing it. Oh, I, anyway, I think it's a German acronym. Yeah, probably so. I'm still not <laughs> pronouncing it. Villainous is a action selection game. It's actually it uses mechanics that are in keeping with a modern uh a modern board game, you know, a modern designer board game like like we have talked about, like, you know, it has some certain similarities to something like Scythe where you choose from a a limited number of actions and you may have like, you know, uh multiple things you can do on the space that you choose. Uh I don't know. Do you want to talk about it, Jason? <laughs> Explain how this game works. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I think comparing it to Scythe is a little bit like reaching for the stars there, but it's what we did um, last episode. I know. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like it in that this one mechanic, you have a board with four actions on it, and you have to like move your token from one to the other to do the stuff on that yeah. spot. You can't can't do the same thing twice. Um. So you embody a uh, an iconic Disney villain. Um. And each of the villains has a different uh, objective for winning the game that are thematically linked to the character that you're playing. So yeah. in the two games that we played, the first time I played um, uh, Ursula. Yep. Um, and I forget what my objective at the, in that one was. You had to get a trident and, you, I don't know, something, oh, something, right. triton, yeah. I don't know. I had to get, like, a trident and a crown and defeat yeah. somebody and, triton? and whatever. And then the game we just played, I was the evil queen, and uh, I had to basically po- create poison, poison an apple, and give it to Snow White. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I was playing, um, who did I play? I played Maleficent the first time. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I, and I basically just had to curse multiple locations. Like, I had to have four curses out, I think, in the multiple locations on my action selection board, which represent different locations that you go to in your realm. Uh, and they had to be there at the beginning of one of my turns. So, like, I could put them out on my turn, but then, like, you know, there might be something that my opponents could do to then remove them before my next turn came around. So, it was sort of like this this tug-of-war battle that, that I was having with Maleficent. And then today when we played, I played as... Uh, 
Captain Hook. Hook. And my objective was to open up an area of the board that was locked, get Peter Pan out, move Peter Pan all the way across the board one space at a time, and then kill him. (laughs) Come over here so I can kill you. And I did. I shot him through the chest with a cannon thematically. That's what happened. (laughs) Peter Pan is just a smoking husk on the ground (laughs) at the end of the game. Right. He will forever be a boy. I mean, it's sort of it's sort of a little weird to think about. Like this might be geared towards, uh, you know, probably older children, maybe like eight to twelve. <laughs> older and, children who can handle like you know a corpse of like just like right. you know well, rotted out dwarves. I and, mean, and the the point of almost every one of one of these villains is to like murder some iconic well, Disney hero. <laughs> that is kind of that is kind of what they're trying to do in most of these movies, you know. Right. Um, I think it's just you know like they they use off screen violence. There's not it's not very much violence involved in the way that they are you know trying to go about their goals in the movies. So they they tend to be family friendly still. But you know at the end of the day, that villain wants somebody dead. Right, yeah. And in yeah. this game, you actually get the, I guess, the chance to carry it, out, carry out their evil designs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's card-driven, for the so most yeah, part. So, and, and every character has their own deck of cards that are specialized to that character. Um, and then they also have what's called a fate deck, which is basically a set of cards that your opponents can play against you, uh, which are also specialized to your character. So the fate yeah. deck will usually include um, hero cards that represent the enemies of your particular villain uh, from their particular franchise. So. Right. And the one we were just playing, I was the evil queen from Snow White. So the the heroes in my fate deck were like the dwarves and Snow White herself. Yeah. So we, you had to like slay Doc in order to like basically like move on with your goals. Right. As, yeah. as well as a, a myriad of other, you know, yeah. tiny humans. Yeah. Those um, dwarves held out uh, pretty well, though, on your board. They, they well, were, I wasn't yeah. really bothering to kill them because I needed... It was it was a whole thing. But. Anyway, yeah, that's a mechanic <laughs> discussion. We don't need to get that deep into the weeds, but yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So that's basically yeah, right. You're you're yeah. you're moving around on the board. It's giving you the ability to do things like play a fake card on another player, uh, gain power, which is your currency for spending your own cards. You might get actions that allow you to spend one or two cards on your turn. Uh, you might get uh, actions that allow you to use your underlings, which are called. Allies, allies to slay the heroes which are come out of the fate decks that or your enemies items. are playing sometimes on you, you have an item. yeah sometimes you get items you get to play um and oftentimes the cards are very much related to your quest right like the sort of like objective that you have that you're supposed to be trying to pursue um so like i had to find a map in order to unlock the one space on my board that was locked right and i had to play like four different types of ingredients to make a poison yeah um, uh and I think that that's kind of the thing for, like, at least all the heroes that we have experience with, too. Like, you have to basically, like, go through your deck to get specific cards or combinations of cards. Yeah, um, and whether or not to that's... to certain objectives. And I think with certain villains, that's fine. And with other ones, it's a bit tedious. Um, so, yeah. like, you know, like, Captain Hook couldn't move forward with any of his goals until he found that one card, which just happened to be, like, in the bottom, like like i don't know like fifth maybe maybe like sixth or seventh of my deck um and so it took forever before i felt like i could really pursue that goal but when i was playing maleficent there's curses all throughout that deck right like and so i had opportunities to try to make progress at my goal towards my goal throughout the entire game and so that felt like a very different paced game than the second game we played the one we were just playing like the ingredients i needed for the poison were littered throughout my deck there was a ton of them and i was always drawing them but the, the end condition was I have to kill Snow White specifically, and she's in my fate deck, which I generally don't play on myself. 
Um, so I would have to either rely on an opponent to play the Snow White hero against me, or get this one singular card from my deck that would allow me to search the fate deck for Snow White to play her. Yeah. So it was yeah. a similar situation with you in the map. Like there was right. this one card I needed at a specific point. So it didn't really feel like I was playing the game for the first 30, 40 minutes that we were playing the game tonight. It felt like I was just biding my time, you know? <laughs> uh, and that's not a great feeling when you're playing a game. But yeah. anyway, why don't we talk about components? Because before we get into the what was good and what was bad about everything, uh, the components, I think, are worth talking about. Uh, this isn't a terribly expensive game. I think MSRP is around $40. You can definitely get it for around 35 I think I saw it listed on Target's website for $35. I've seen so it that, at Target, Walmart. Yeah, yeah. This is this is an easy-to-get game. Um, it's mass-produced, even though it's like definitely a designer board game. So you can get it at a lot of like mass-market stores. You can also get it at your local board game store, online, whatever. It, but, you know, it, it comes with a game that is full of Disney art. So, you know, all the cards look really nice. You know, like the, there's great art to be had in Disney, right? And so you've got, uh, basically each card represents whatever it is that thing is. So you, when you're looking at Doc, it's just a still from the movie Snow White of Doc, right? Mm -hmm. um, when you're looking at Smee and Captain Hook and Peter Pan, those are stills from that movie and they look great, right? The the representative tokens for each of the villains are sort of like these, um, they're these like plastic, translucent, but colored, sort of like, almost like, they're almost like, abstracted. Sort of like abstract representations yeah. of each of the villains. Yeah, they're really neat. I mean, like they, they did a, a really neat sort of like artistic take on what each one of the villains, what, what their like sort of abstract representation would be. Yeah, they look really cool. They do look really cool. Um, so that's nice. Um, you know, the, the, the board components and everything are fine. Uh, nice, big, chunky. Everything makes sense. The symbology is great. I didn't have any confusion about that. They've got nice player aids. Mm -hmm. All of that is good. Uh, they've got this that nice little, like, power bowl thing that it's supposed to be a cauldron right, like or a something. It's like a cauldron, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and everybody gets to pick their power out of that, and that's a neat little thing to have. So component-wise, this game is providing you with really decent components. Um, it's got really decent design as far as, like, you know, the symbology and you know like like providing the player with all the sort of prompts they need in order to play the game and everything it's functional and it looks good and it feels good uh so i think component wise this game is definitely you know thumbs up yeah totally yeah yeah uh so how was it to play would you say jason um <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, that was sounded really evil <laughs> well we are doing villainous i know <laughs> Here's the thing, okay? Let's just let's hey, get real for a, a minute, okay? Here's answer. the thing. This game seems real popular. People seem to like this game a lot. Okay, and my response to your question is, and your comment, is to say, I don't understand why it's very popular. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's... I just didn't think it was fun. It's... Okay, alright. I had more fun when we were at Gen Con than I did tonight, but... Even then, I think when Phil won the game at the end, because we yeah. were like, okay, he was playing the the Queen of Hearts, and he got all of his little card people to make, you know, their little uh, to make picket. wickets, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the wicket line or whatever, and he and he hit it and he won it, and we were like, Phil, did you just win? And he was like, yeah, I just won, and we were like, okay, thank God, and let's move on. <laughs> and we nobody, we weren't having a terrible time at that game, right? Like no. that was it was all right. Um, and by the end of it, we were like, I can see how this could be kind of cool, right? Yeah. And and I think we were kind of like left with the attitude of maybe we play it another time, maybe it gets a little better, you know, maybe. 
it doesn't. And so I think we were kind of like still holding out judgment. And that's why I really wanted to play a second time to see how it goes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the second time was way more tedious than the first time, I think, because the way that our particular villain goals worked out and then the way that, you know, like if I had gotten the Neverland map or whatever, like, you know, on turn one, then I would have felt like I was making progress from turn one in this game. Right, but it was yeah. so reliant on like milling that deck, which took. 40 minutes or something that until then I was just, you know, like stockpiling pirates all over the place so that when the time came that I finally could start making progress, it was fine. Like I didn't have, there was nothing you could put in my way that was going to stop me because I just had this pirate army out that could kill anything. Like you, you put a souped up Peter Pan on me still didn't even like I had more than I needed to kill souped up Peter Pan. Right. Yeah. That was um, the thing too. Like, if if for some reason you had played Snow White on me, like I had more than enough stuff right, I needed sure. to kill Snow I mean, White. I was looking at your your poison pile, and I was just like, okay, I'm gonna take five poison away. But what does that matter when you've got like 25? You know? I know. Yeah, I had a ton of them. Yeah, and so like it just felt tedious in terms of like you know how long it took us to start feeling like we were making any sort of progress in the game. And up until then, it just felt like we were just making the best of what we had, right? And and not really making any sort of like interesting decisions while we were taking each individual turn, it just kind of felt like I was being given a pile of crap and then being told, do the best you can with this, buddy. (laughs) And eventually, eventually, you'll get to kind of move on with your game. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way it works. Uh, It's, And I find this to be an issue with every game that's sort of driven by drawing particularly... drawing cards a very specific card (laughs) yeah i mean to a certain degree this is an issue with things like battle lore and mythic battles pantheon and and stuff like that except that the decks i think in those cases are usually much smaller and the thing is is like you're talking about like in a game like battle lore there's three flanks right eventually you're going to get a card that allows you to play in the flank that you want i mean yeah it's it's not often that you're looking for like one specific card statistically one out of every three cards there should help you right Right. should should give you exactly what you want that's a much better odd than what we had tonight with villainous right yeah so i mean it's sort of like the thing that frustrates me about games like battle lore but like multiplied exponentially (laughs) yeah 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 Uh, the uh in terms of like player interaction uh, there's not a whole lot um it's uh, the only way that you interact with other people is by playing their fate cards on them is that fun no i mean you (laughs) so you you take the top two cards off of the other person's fate deck you look at them you choose one to play and you play it on a location on their board which takes away half of the actions that they can do on that location um, and sometimes there's an ability that's on the hero or something. But, like, the stakes for the other player when you play a, you know, play a fake card against them don't seem particularly hard. Like, you played several against me, and I was like, okay, so I don't get to do those two actions on top of this thing. Like, okay. You know, <laughs> I'll do the other two, and yeah. it didn't really matter. Like, I, yeah. I was like, whatever. Yep. Like, half and- the time I didn't take all four actions on the space anyway. It's 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 annoying because you might need the power. It's nice to have, right? The power that maybe you're not getting or sure. the extra card play or or whatever that you're missing out on because the you know, the fake cards cover up a certain number of the actions that you get to take on a space of actions, right? Yeah. Um so when somebody plays it on you, you're basically missing out on certain actions that you would otherwise get to do. Yeah. And that's annoying. It's it's kind of an inconvenience, but it's not a deal well, breaker also, most of the time. Like with my particular villain, I also had a bunch of cards in my hand that allowed me to take the actions that were covered up by heroes. 
Which is an anomaly, right? I mean, like, that's right. just that specific character and everything, but still. So, um, especially in this particular game, it didn't sort of, the stakes didn't seem very high. Yeah, and, and you know, like, for my for my specific character, there was sort of a, a little bit of a workaround or, you know, like, a compensation for that as well, whereas I could basically add actions to each of my spaces. So, like, you know, I was able to add, like, two power gain actions to one of my spaces, and so when you covered that up, I was still getting, you know, like, an extra two power out of it or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I was able to add, like, you know, move cards around. And then at the very end, a cannon that allowed me to attack one of the uh, the the heroes on my board and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you said that there's not a whole lot of player interaction. And I think to take it one step further, the thing that really frustrated me about this is just that in a lot of games, watching other players take their turns, it's not as fun as taking your own turn. But it's not necessarily like just it feels like dead time and you're just absolutely bored because oftentimes on another player's turn, you can kind of observe what they're doing, maybe learn from them, maybe try to like, you know, assess out what they're going to do that you can interfere with or, you know, like decide what you're going to do with your next turn, try to like, you know, grab something that you anticipate they're going to try to grab before they do it. Um, None of that, none of that applies here. Because all the factions are so separate in their goals, they don't have a common resource that they have to like take from each other. Yeah, so other players' turns in this game are as boring as a game can be. And right, yeah. sometimes they take a while because that person might be taking four or five specific, you know, like little actions within their turn. And so, you know, they're, they're deciding which card they're going to play. They're going to decide which fate card they're going to play on you. Might have to decide what kind of cards they're going to discard. All of that before you get to go again, right? And like, this was just a two player game we played tonight. Like, waiting for this game says that it plays between two and six players. I can't imagine playing this wow. with five or six players. I mean, it's, it's, Playing it, playing this game is like having every individual player racing to a, a finish line, and it's whoever yeah. reaches their finish line first is yeah. the winner. I guess in terms of the player interaction, there were a couple cards that we were able to play on the other person's turn, but those were kind of few and far between. So, well, like, I guess didn't really we... have an impact on the other player. It was like something that benefited me. I... I had a couple things that were like, if I, if you had a hero or something like that, then I could play a card that allowed me to like, you know, basically like take another hero out of your deck and play it on you again, which is basically just like an extra fade action, which we've already said is not actually a particularly fun mechanic or moment in the game or anything like that. So, I mean, most of the ones I could play on my turn were like, if you did this particular thing, then I would get a bonus out of it. That was about it. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I. You know, this game, it's got great production quality. I, I think the theme is used relatively well. They did a good job of making each of the villains seem very um, asymmetrical and very unique compared to the other ones. Yeah, and very true to their, you know, their particular franchises. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in in that sense, they've succeeded at those things. Uh, so it's just that playing the game, I, I don't know if it's just it's not for us because we've played so many other games and now we're going to be comparing those apples to oranges and have hey we prefer oranges i guess in this case or something mm-hmm. um but I, to me it just feels like a slow tedious game at times and unless there was i don't know like I, unless there was some way to kind of like streamline that i and, and i don't think there is fundamentally the way that they've designed these decks and the way that the deck mechanics work mm-hmm. um i just i just don't think it's always going to be fun i think that there might be times where you play this game and it turns out to be a fun time mm-hmm. you know like every two or three games but i can see this being a slog like at least half the time okay so it's not fun for us but who no. might this game be fun for you know, I would try it with somebody that's a huge Disney fan. I think that, you know, like we've talked about this a couple times before, oftentimes with a game that's sort of um, not a knockout, you know, not not a home run game, but not necessarily like a, the most abysmal game ever. Theme can yeah. carry it quite a ways. Sure. And so 
you know, with this game, I feel like if there's somebody that's a huge Disney fan that you're trying to introduce to the hobby, or, you know, like somebody that's a Disney fan that's already in the hobby, then the theme might carry them all the way through this, right? I mean, like, you might just mm-hmm. be so excited to finally, like, you know, see Smee pop out of your deck because you're a huge Peter Pan fan or whatever, <laughs> that, you know, that moment is enough to give you that dopamine drop you need in order to feel good about the game and everything. Yeah. And so I feel like if you're a Disney fan, this game might be fun, and at the price point, it's maybe not worth you know, it, it's maybe worth the gamble, right? Of, of saying like maybe this is worth trying out with somebody that is a huge Disney fan and enjoys games. Yeah. Um, for people that are looking for a good game, first of all, and maybe just have some casual nostalgia from when their childhood with Disney, I'm not sure that this is good enough. You know? Yeah. Because I, I, I kind of consider myself in that camp where, like, you know, I, I enjoyed, like, The Great Mouse Detective when I was a little kid <laughs> and Sword in the Stone. Yeah. But by the time I was 11, you know, I was kind of checked out of Disney, so. Right. Yeah, I was thinking sort of along the lines of probably, like, preteen kids, maybe, like, 10 to 14. Yeah, Because um, it's, you know, it's complicated enough that you can't play it with, like, really tiny kids, but um, it's, you know, not so involved. Um that you know you would need to be incredibly mature to play it and yeah. the the disney theme might still like appeal to kids in that age range i think maybe i, I know i was kind of done with it by that age um well, but maybe you were just unusually mature maybe um i i, I think that you know I, I, again i i think that really just like liking disney is probably the main thing here um if you're a disney fan i think regardless of your age as long as you're old enough to understand the mechanics of this game i think that's probably the population that might enjoy this game yeah um I think that, you know, obviously, like, you know, kids that are too young, so probably under the age of 11 or so, probably this game might be a little bit too complicated or, you know, like, like you do have to plan ahead with what you're going to do with your cards from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like sort of some multi-step processes that go on here to try to succeed. So that might be a little complicated for the younger kids. But anybody over the age of, say, let's say like 10, 11, who also is a fan of Disney, maybe take a look at this. I think for everybody else, like, just go find a better game. <laughs> Play something more fun. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, tonight, this was maybe the most bored I've been with a game since, maybe, like, the, the most I felt like I was just wasting time since we played, um, oh, what was that game we had such a bad time with at uh, Gen Con last year? Evil High Priest. Evil High Priest, yeah. This might be the worst time I've had since that game. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that, that you were bored isn't saying a whole lot, because you get bored very easily, but... I But I'm not usually bored during board games. No, that's true. Yeah, so... Anyway, anyway, uh, I yeah. just found out what GmbH stands for. What does it stand for? Gesellschaft mit beschränkter Haftung. Oh, that old chestnut. Yes. Sure. Okay. Silly means, me. Silly me. <laughs> it means company with limited liability. So okay. kind of like LLC in the sure. States. Okay. Right on. <laughs> okay, uh, Jason. If people would like to get a hold of us and tell us who their favorite Disney villains are, and uh, I don't know. If people want to talk to us, how would they do so? <laughs> okay, well, if you want to tell us how you would murder seven dwarves, uh, you can email us. It's podcast at limitedplaytime.com. You can go to the website, limitedplaytime.com. You can tweet us at limitedplaytime or go to Instagram at limitedplaytimepodcast. Nice. Next week, we're going to be finally getting around to do, uh, reviewing a game that we have made attempts to, uh, to to get some plays in and failed several times. We're going to be reviewing <laughs> Anomaly. This is a game by Starling Games, uh, and it is about a bunch of students on a space station who start getting hunted by some sort of anomalous creature. Uh, <laughs> uh, so look forward to that next week. Um, we will see you then. Thanks for listening. Later. Bye. Bye.